What's most important to you when it comes to choosing your financial advisor? Someone who's aligned with your biblical values. How about someone who will take the time to explain your options? Certified Kingdom Advisors are professionals who meet high standards in competence and integrity and have been trained to offer biblical financial advice. To find a Certified Kingdom Advisor in your area, visit faithfi.com and click Find a CKA. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. We've all heard the famous love passage from 1 Corinthians 13 at weddings, but can love inform the way we invest? Hi, I'm Rob West. I'll explore this concept today with our friend and certified kingdom advisor, Rachel McDonough. Then it's on to your calls at 800-525-7000. That's 800-525-7000. This is Faith and Finance biblical wisdom for your financial decisions. Well, it's always a treat to have Rachel McDonough with us. Rachel's a certified financial planner and a certified kingdom advisor, and she's a leader in the field of helping investors integrate their Christian values with their investment decisions. Uh, Rachel, great to have you back with us. Hey, thanks so much. Glad to be here. Rachel, you've shared your perspective on faith-based or what you might call faith-driven investing, but today I know you'd like to help us look at how love can influence our investing. How are those two things different? Yeah, that's right, Rob. They're definitely related, but there have been many things done in the name of faith. Some have been very powerful and positive, but some have even been more political in nature, especially lately. So my husband, who rarely thinks about investing, (laughs) he and I have been following the boycott on Bud Light and some other brands recently, as well as just the general conservative pushback against more liberal shareholder activism that's been happening. It's really a fascinating season where we've seen 682 shareholder proposals filed for annual meetings to be held before May 31st. So there's really just a rise in activism in general. And just a lot of political uh, things that are happening with corporations. Now, I am very thankful for the men and women of God who are called into politics, and that can have a righteous influence in that arena. But we have to remember back to when the Israelites were waiting for the Messiah to come. They, of course, were expecting him to come as a strong military and political leader that would bring about deliverance from Rome. But in Luke 17:1, Jesus reveals his radical concept that the kingdom of God is within us mm. and that a lot of what God is really after is our hearts. Mm. So a few weeks ago, I read some familiar passages that really sparked a new line of thinking for me or maybe just some additional clarity. So let me just read a couple of verses quick. 1 Corinthians 13:13 13, 13 says, And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. Love is, in fact, what Paul describes as the most excellent way. Yes. And then in 1 Corinthians 16, 14, Paul reminds us that everything we do should be done in love. And it seems that love should provide us with guidance on how to steward our resources, including how to invest. So that was really kind of a new thought and and very clarifying for me. Hmm. And as God's agents in the world, His stewards, We must be careful to invest his resources that he entrusts to us in a manner worthy of our calling and his standard of excellence in all things is love. 
Mm, Wow. It sounds like a logical conclusion to me, Rachel, but I'd love for you to take it one step further and help us connect the dots. You know, typically we think of investing as more transactional in nature. How can we display love in our investing? Yes. We, of course, have heard on this show before the simple framework of avoid, embrace, and engage. Avoiding companies that are not in alignment with our values, that are not blessing humanity, embracing those that do, and then utilizing asset managers who can actively engage with companies that they select for investment on our behalf behind the scenes. Yes. So there's, of course, a lot of nuance in terms of how this gets done. But in general, we want to avoid companies that kill, steal, and destroy. Those are listed in John 10 as the works of the enemy. So we don't want to entrust the master's resources to the campaigns of his enemy while he's away, at Mm -hmm. a minimum. That would not be loving. And after the break, I want to give us a specific example about how this can work with S&P 500 type of investing. Oh, that's really great. Yeah, I want to dive into those specifics and really talk about the options that are available for an investor who wants to take a more intentional and what you call loved-based approach, uh, how you can be involved in this movement, and what types of investment products are available in this whole area of faith-based investing, which is growing rapidly, and that's a really exciting thing. So you can align your convictions as a believer with your deployment of capital through your investments. I'm joined today by my good friend, Rachel McDonough, certified financial planner and certified kingdom advisor. Much more to come just around the corner. And then your questions at 800-525-7000. Stick around. We'll be right back. What's most important to you when it comes to choosing your financial advisor? Someone who's aligned with your biblical values? How about someone who will take the time to explain your options? Certified Kingdom Advisors are professionals who meet high standards in competence and integrity and have been trained to offer biblical financial advice. To find a Certified Kingdom Advisor in your area, visit faithfi.com and click Find a CKA. We're grateful for support from Guidestone, whose diversified suite of investment solutions align with Christian values to create positive change in the world. More information is available at GuidestoneFunds.com. Investing involves risk, including potential loss of principal. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of Guidestone Funds before investing. They're distributed by Foresight Funds Distributors, LLC, which is not an advisory affiliate, a registered investment advisor, nor do they provide investment advice. So great to have you with us today on Faith and Finance. I'm Rob West. Joining me today, Rachel McDonough, certified financial planner and certified kingdom advisor with Wealth Squared. You can learn more at wealthsq.com. Uh, we're talking about faith-based investing. That is how you can integrate your Christian values with your investment decisions. And more specifically today, how love that we see clearly throughout Scripture can influence our investing. And uh, Rachel, just before the break, you were talking about what that can look like. And I know you have a practical example of a company in the S&P 500 that we can use perhaps as a case study today. So I'll turn it back over to you. Thanks, Rob. Yeah, that's right. I I think the first step to loving investing is to avoid investments that kill, steal, and destroy. 
And this may sound very dramatic because, we again, we think of investing as very transactional and passive in nature, but let me call out a specific company from the S&P 500. It's MGM Resorts International, and it's a company that owns and operates gambling facilities. And those who have a problem with compulsive gambling may be tempted to continually chase bets that lead to losses, use up savings, and create debt. A very disturbing example of a company that destroys value for humanity and profits from that destruction. And again, I'm sorry to be sort of the bearer of bad news today, but if you are invested in an S&P 500 index fund, which most of us who have a 401k have at least at one point in time um, had that type of investing. So I'm not here to, to throw stones or cast judgment, but if you are, you're actually invested in MGM and probably over a hundred other companies that really don't align with your Christian values. Now, let me just say I get it. I, I know that investing feels impersonal and transactional in nature. It doesn't really feel relational to us, especially if we're investing in an index or really any type of fund investment where there's kind of a wrapper or a basket of securities, and we're not sure what companies are even included in that basket. Um, now, perhaps some of our listeners know someone who has had an addiction to gambling and can see the face of a specific person, an image bearer whose life was damaged by MGM Resorts International. But the truth is, there are always other humans, other image bearers on the other side of every investment transaction. And we can't always see their faces, but they are there. The customers, the employees, those working in the supply chain, filling orders from the company, those are people worthy of Jesus dying for and worth our loving consideration as we discern how best to invest with excellence. Wow. Yeah, that's a powerful example. And I'm sure many of our listeners know someone who has struggled with gambling and may have never thought about how their index funds might have exposure to uh, those sorts of companies. Uh, Rachel, what options are available then for an investor who wants to take a more intentional and convictions-aligned approach uh, to investing that's love-based? Yeah, the exciting news is that there are now currently over 150 faith-oriented investment products or strategies being managed by 19 different asset management firms. So this industry has really grown. Sure has. And our firm tracks data on all of them so that we can help our clients select managers and products that best fit with their risk and return targets, their tax planning needs, and also their liquidity income needs and their values. And so there's been a tremendous amount of growth and innovation in this field there are far more strategies to choose from and more creative ways in which asset managers are integrating biblical love-based principles. So, for example, one of our asset management partners who has a fund focused on public companies with faith-driven CEOs, many of whom are actively looking for ways to lead their companies with the love of Jesus. Hmm. And they're adding things like chaplaincy programs, employee resource groups, uh, offering volunteer time off, wow. and even just improving the lives of hundreds of thousands of employees and millions of customers through the way that they lead their companies. 
Wow, it's so exciting to think that we can actually select companies or used faith-based fund families that could select companies that are pursuing uh, CEOs that uh, are operating their businesses in the way you just described. And I'm also thrilled to hear that this space is growing as well. Uh, Can you be a little more specific, though, about how our listeners might fit into and become a part of this movement in a really practical way? Yeah, first of all, I want to give the encouragement that there's a place for every one of you in this movement. You're all invited to the party. Now, the best way to invest with that lens of Christian love will depend on several factors. And, of course, only your investment advisor can provide specific advice for your unique circumstances. However, I do want to just give some broad educational information today and walk through a couple of hypothetical scenarios, right? So first of all, let's say you're a smaller investor with $10,000 or less to invest. A single mutual fund or exchange-traded fund may give you enough diversification. You probably could obtain exposure to 40 or more individual stocks. And many of the sponsors of Phase 5, such as Inspire, Praxis, or Eventide, can offer a smaller investor or a do-it-yourself investor access to diversified investments that would align with their values. Next, if you're an investor with, let's say, maybe a $250,000 or more account, there are a few reasonable options available. You could do a portfolio of these faith-based mutual funds or ETFs. You could also try a direct indexing approach. Now, this is different in that it provides investors exposure to a broad market index like the S&P 500, but with values filtering applied. So, for example... Uh, investors could remove exposure to gambling as well as pornography, abortion, and other topics that may not align with their, their principles, and then still have a broadly diversified investment opportunity with low fees and some tax benefits. Uh, Rachel, what about larger accredited investors, those with more than a million dollars to invest? Uh, what options do they have? Well, investors who are accredited or qualified purchasers would have access to even more impactful private market investments in addition to the direct indexing or separately managed accounts. So, for example, there's a private debt fund investing in 12 growth stage companies in East Africa, all of which are combating poverty through job creation, using their businesses to share the gospel and disciple employees. And uh, one of them is so special to me. It's a creamery in Rwanda where they intentionally hire those who are deaf or hard of hearing. So think about how powerful love could be displayed in that type of investment. Oh, that's so exciting. Well, we have, unfortunately, just about a minute left. Any closing thoughts you'd like to share on this with our listeners, Rachel? Yeah, I'd love to just read a couple of verses again from 1 Corinthians 13 and think of them as vision casting verses for how we could invest. Love is patient. Love is kind. What if we took a patient approach to our investing? What if we invested in a way that was kind, like the creamery in Rwanda, or even just simply screening out some companies out of the S&P 500? Of course, there are always risks with investing, but employing the law of love can help us to do so in a way that reflects uh, the value that we have for other people who are made in God's image. Wow. Rachel, that is incredible. Well, you've challenged us today, perhaps lifted our sights and given us a new vision for how we can be investors aligned with the heart of God and our convictions and invest with love as our big idea. We really appreciate you stopping by today. 
Hey, thanks for having me. Our guest has been Rachel McDonough, Certified Financial Planner and Certified Kingdom Advisor. You can find out a whole lot more at WealthSQ.com. That's WealthSQ.com. All right, your calls are next, 800-525-7000. That's 800-525-7000. Stick around. As the leading advocate for the Christian financial industry, Kingdom Advisors serves the public by promoting the integration of a biblical worldview across every aspect of the financial services industry. And we serve a growing network of thousands of Christian financial professionals, equipping and empowering them to carry biblical financial wisdom to their clients, peers, and community. For more information, visit KingdomAdvisors.com. That's KingdomAdvisors.com. We are grateful for support from Sound Mind Investing in the Faith and Finance Program. For more than 30 years, they've been helping Christians reach their financial goals with step-by-step guidance for investors at every stage, from those just getting started to those getting ready for retirement. Through scriptural principles and practical suggestions, SMI offers financial wisdom for living well. More information, including the short video webinar on profit and peace of mind, no matter what's happening in the market, is available at soundmindinvesting.org. Welcome back to Faith and Finance. I'm Rob West. We're taking your calls. We've got a few lines open. 800-525-7000 is the number to call. That's 800-525-7000 to Central Florida. Hi, Nancy. Go ahead. Hi, Rob. Thank you for taking my call. I really appreciate your ministry. Thank you very much. My question today is about online banks. Um, yeah. Just recently, I in a, about a month ago, I... Um, purchased a, a CD on with one of the online banks, and it has a 12-month term. And uh, the process was much, much smoother, much easier than I thought it would be. And I'm thinking of uh, possibly opening another account with the same institution. A few days ago, however, though, I read uh, something about this, the parent company of this organization having some legal issues several years back and and uh involving fraud and um they they paid a settlement um a quite large settlement and i assume all was resolved but what i'm wondering is should this raise a red flag in um my thoughts to perhaps continue with another investment with this company. Yeah. I was wondering what your take on this would be. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. I mean, I think, you know, we're managers of God's resources, right? So you're the steward of what he's entrusted to you, just as I am with me. And so we can't keep our heads in the sand. We need to be wise and even shrewd, according to what the Bible says about how we should manage God's money. Um, And that means that if we see an institution that, you know, is having problems, uh, maybe there's something systemic in their culture, the way they've set up their governance or their board that allowed this fraud to occur. I mean, anything can happen. But I think the question is, you know, what was the event surrounding it? Did they resolve it? Is there anything lingering? And I'd probably do my homework on that. Um, But I would do that with any institution I was involved with, a bank or anyone else. Um, So I think perhaps that gives you pause and you ought to look at another option. Um, You know, I don't 
don't have a problem just generally speaking with the online banks as long as you've got that FDIC insurance. Now, I'd like to know that it's not one that was just spun up last night and that it's got some, you know, there's some reviews out on it and that, you know, it's been rated as being strong in terms of its balance sheet and it's known for its customer service. And the good news is, is there's some there are some great options out there and you can always go look up the kind of the rating of the bank on the five-star system with uh, websites like bankrate.com. Um, I tend to stay with some of the larger banks like Capital One or uh, another one that's one of the largest is Marcus. That's the retail side of Goldman Sachs. I mean, these are, uh, you know, decades or, uh, you know, old institutions that have massive assets. They're known for being, you know, the strength of their, um, uh, just their balance sheets and so forth. But they also are participating as an online bank, which means they can pass along their savings in the form of higher rates and the ability to get a, a CD at, you know, 10 months for 5% at, at Marcus today is a great option. That's very attractive. Um, so as long as you've done your homework, it looks like, you know, they get good reviews, the strength of the bank is there. And the key is that FDIC insurance, that would be my preference. Now, if you're looking for a bank uh, that aligns with your values, the good news is there's options there as well. So I'd look at something like the Christian Community Credit Union, where you know that not only is it a, a has a strong institution that's a credit union and has very attractive rates, like a 4% CD for seven months, uh, but you know that they're aligned with your values as a believer. And in fact, part of even the the, the profits, if you will, um, are going to go to kingdom causes. So I think you're on the right track here, Nancy. But just as a category, I don't have any problem with the online banks as long as there's FDIC insurance. Okay. Okay. Well, um, I did. I had done my homework and I did go online to the bankrate.com and research the different options and and uh, actually, one of the ones that you mentioned uh, was one of the ones that I decided to go with. And that's the one that I discovered um, that this problem was, uh, you know, several years back. Yeah. And so other than that, uh, the company seemed fine. And uh, sure. they certainly had a strong rating and a good history and, um, you know, good offers. And so it was just, you know, it yeah. just kind of put in that position. Then, well, okay, this was a number of years ago, it was about 12, 13 years ago. Yeah. Um, but should that have any bearing on, you know, my investing even more with them or, or should I look elsewhere? Yeah. And and I guess I would say it depends on, and, and maybe when we're done here, you can give the information to our producer. I'd love to look into it a bit more, but I think, you know, it's could, maybe it's an isolated event that happened a long time ago with one person that, you know, did something unscrupulous and it was addressed, uh, or maybe there's bigger systemic problems. Uh, you know, any institution is uh, subject to a, a rogue employee making a bad decision or doing something fraudulent. So I think the key is the protection and you have protections as a depositor of a bank, um, you know, with regard to fraud and even ultimately the failure of the bank, which is what, uh, you know, where the FDIC comes in. So I think you're probably in the clear, but I, you know, it's never a bad thing to do your homework. And if you find something that just lets you, you know, leaves you uneasy, you know, perhaps moving it out to somebody else uh, can make some sense. So uh, share that information with, uh, with my producer today, and we'll see if we can learn more about it. I appreciate your call today, Nancy. I hope that helps you. Uh, let's see, to Indiana. Hi, Lee. Go right ahead. Yeah, Rob. Thanks for taking the call. I had uh, briefly, as I listen to you occasionally, 
had heard you talking about people when they write their wills, or living trust or whatever, and put their house in as I guess that they avoid probate, which may save the family some money in the in the long run. Uh, but I wasn't for sure when you talked about the price of the home, as is when you set that up, sign it, that uh, does that lock in the price of the home to say from today, but in uh, 20 years I'd pass away, the home would be worth much more, that uh, it would actually go revert back to 2023 when this living well trust was set up? No, sir. Uh, regardless of how you choose to pass the home uh, as a part of your estate through inheritance, whether you use a trust, a transfer on death deed, or you just pass it using probate through your will, in either of those cases, the person inheriting the property is going to receive that stepped up cost basis. So the, the cost basis will adjust up from your purchase date and, and the value that you bought it at to the date of death. Uh, the question is just how you want to go about the probate process. Do you want to avoid probate? That's where a trust or a TOD deed, transfer on death deed, would come in. Are you willing to go through probate? A little less expense to just use a standard will, but it is going to be a part of the probate through the courts, a part of the public record, and there are some costs there. But in any of those cases, you're going to enjoy that stepped-up basis. The key is don't transfer the asset through a quick claim deed prior to death let it pass as a part of an inheritance. I hope that helps you, Lee. Hey, we're almost out of time, but I wanted to let you know that you don't ever have to miss a program. Just download our FaithFi app for your mobile device and take us with you anywhere. Thanks for joining us today. I look forward to talking with you again next time on Faith and Finance. Faith and Finance is provided by FaithFi and listeners like you.